Wait, did you hear? <gasps> no. We're diving into the juiciest celebrity profiles of all time. I'm Beatrice Hazelhurst. And I'm Ivana Ryder. This, this is Uncover Girl. Okay, so you're going to dinner tonight with yeah. someone that actually changed my life. Kristen, changed your life? Yes, a friend of yours. We were celebrating you <laughs> at La Poubelle. Um, beautiful little evening. So joyful. We had ice cream cake from Baskin Robbins. But uh, the standout quote of the night was that I feel like it's common now that people, whenever they find out that I'm getting married next year, are like, how's wedding planning going? But that is never useful. But something that she said was so useful where she yeah. never asked that question again. Don't do it. Um, she said something that has stuck with me um, about how a wedding is the closest you get to a psychedelic experience without actually doing drugs because there are so many things happening and your body is like completely overwhelmed by love. And there are second to second precious moments you want to remember for the rest of your life, but they're happening every second. And so you just literally don't know what to do with it. And it's just like a, an explosion of love. And I found that very comforting where I was like, Oh my God, like that's a really nice way to look at it where it's like, you kind of have to surrender to the experience. And I was at a friend's wedding last week, my dear friend, Allie in Oregon on the Oregon coast. And she was like in the middle of that overwhelm, I think where she's just like, Oh my God, everyone I love is here. And my mom is smoking a joint and <laughs> there is so much happening. And I was like, someone said this to me once and it was really comforting. And she like immediately calmed down and was like, Oh my God, that's exactly how I feel. That's exactly what's going on. It's insane. Like it's just, it's like psychedelic almost. And then she carried on with her day and that's amazing. I, I feel like that would increase a lot of people's anxiety. Really? Well, I don't know. For me personally, I feel like I would be a little bit more like I think it's I think it's totally accurate. Like I think she's probably bang on. Yeah. Uh and definitely obviously that was her experience, but yeah, I wonder if I knowing that going in would feel even more like Jesus Christ, do I want to do this? Oh, yeah. I think for me it made me excited. Because I think it hammered home the fact that you're not meant to take it all in at once. Right. That you're just, you're there and you have to, you have to swim with the tides a And I think bit. that's why a lot of brides are so excited for the photos. Yeah. Like they are like finger on the trigger with the wedding photographer texting them being like, when's the photos coming? When's the photos coming? Just so that they can relive it through a different lens. And remember. And remember. I know. I know. It's all you have at the end of the day are the photos. And that's so true of everything. Like sometimes I'm thinking at the moment, is that how it was? Is that what reality actually looks like? Or am I remembering the photos? <gasps> I know. I feel that all the time. I know. And like trips especially. Trips especially. It's like, do you remember the day to day or do you remember just that one little photo session on the beach? Yes. <laughs> I think the other part of it is if I had a bad photo taken like I was disappointed with the photos or thought I looked bad uh that will affect the way I perceived that day whereas the day itself could have been really good I was just triggered and thrown off by the photo and then I really associate that that bad sinking feeling of not looking like I felt I looked with that day and and the experience as a whole which is so just it's not true it's yeah. an unreality no there was nothing inherently bad about that day. A trick of the lens. But the, yeah, exactly. But that bad photo 
has just sent me into a spiral. Yeah. I've I've been thinking about that a lot because obviously I just went away. You've been away a lot. Yeah. And it really does color your memories. It does. It's sort of like what you said about childhood and when you have siblings. You were talking to me about how I have like an acute sense of my childhood in part because I have younger siblings who are always talking about our childhood. And I think it's that exact same thing. It's like the repetition is what makes you remember. For sure. Like you have like a little cue card, whether it's a photo or a story or like a something. It's just so foreign to me, I think, because I haven't spent a lot of time around my sister in adulthood where she's five years older. We have lived in many different countries separately. Mm -hmm. So we've never really been geographically close, but we don't rehash our childhood ever, really. Mm -hmm. And it made me interested because I know that you've admittedly like had a quite chaotic childhood why you feel or the three of you feel like you want to keep diving into those those moments and they are really funny and cute and quirky I just wondered if there's any correlation there between the fact that you had this turbulent home life and yet now as adults the three of you you always bring it back up the the day-to-day realities of it I think it's that like if I don't laugh at it I'll cry so like we, right <laughs> like we have no choice but to laugh but you could forget it oh yeah I guess I think that what it is is that it's only become more clear as I get older how much it factors into the way that I make decisions or perceive myself or go about the world it's like those early years very much shaped who I am and shaped who my sisters are too so I think when we talk about them, we almost explain the unexplainable or like we begin to unravel of like, oh, that's why I'm like this or that's why we're like this. I guess you're also close in age too. like the biggest yeah. age gap is what, four years, six or years, six years. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So because my sister and I have five years. Yeah. It's like by the time I reached tweenhood, like by the time I was 13, she had left the house. Yeah. From Were you lonely in high school as a result? No, no. I was so busy, I felt like. And then yeah. I moved to Italy and then I was like very, very like cripplingly lonely. Yeah, alone. yeah, yeah. But at the time she was living in London. So that was a Oh, no a way. Good I didn't know that. Us. Yeah, I think so. No, she was in a catastrophic earthquake. <laughs> That's where she was. She was in one of the biggest earthquakes New Zealand has ever seen in Christchurch where like 150 people died. It was oh really intense. Her house collapsed. She lost everything. <gasps> she lost everything. The only thing. She really? The only thing that remained in the earthquake like her whole house collapsed was the bottle of Patron that she got given at her 21st birthday her 21st birthday watch gone the only thing left still standing in a brick house that crumbled down was a bottle of Patron the symbolism there is so profound you could write a hundred poems and never capture it I I felt very almost foreshadowing serendipitous because then she developed like the slight alcoholism that we've never really acknowledged, only slightly. Mm. Recently, she was talking to me because she has a really bad fear of flying. Oh, yeah. Because the turbulence simulates the earthquake. And she usually just like takes herself out of the equation with gin. Like she just like mm-hmm. throws the alcohol back when she's on the plane and then gets off kind of drunk and she's made it through another flight. But recently, she went to the doctor and was like in Australia where there's universal healthcare, of course, and said, look, I just really need some like Xanax or Valium. I don't know what the 
prescribed equivalent is there but she was like i just need some sort of sedative Mm -hmm. and they said okay so like what's the issue like why do you fear flying and she was like well i was in this really traumatic earthquake you know like an eight point something earthquake and she was like you know i lost my whole life and it was really intense and i just i it's really hard for me to go back through that every time i fly they were like, well, we're not going to give you drugs, but here's 10 sessions of therapy. She was like, grumble, grumble calls me like, I can't believe I have to go to therapy. Like, this is a different generation of millennial. Like, she's yeah. 33. It's like how we were talking about Taylor Swift doesn't go to yeah, therapy. Yeah, no therapy. That, all good. Yeah. They're just like, I've got my friends and that's all I need. <laughs> that's everything I need. And she was like, what do I have to talk about in therapy? And I was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, um, your attachment issues, like your emotional <laughs> avoidance, the fact that you can't let any man get close to you for fear of abandonment, but also your pedestalizing of yourself that you do. And then she was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, right. like, okay, yeah, yeah, I guess. I'll talk about all that. So, like, There's so much to unpack that you've just like really swept under the rug. <laughs> so now she calls me and talks about our childhood and our parents so that's wow. a good yeah i mean i do feel like that's also a byproduct of therapy it's like you can ignore it for so long and then once you start therapy and they start asking you then all of a sudden it's like oh yes right yeah the early years <laughs> it just was so interesting to me that a system wherein healthcare like that is present right it just like tries to treat the illness at the root rather than prescribing something for the symptoms. And I was like, wow, that is the most fundamental difference between Australia, New Zealand, universal healthcare and American healthcare, where it's like, you want drugs? How many? Yeah. How many I give you in all? Truly. (laughs) It's like preventative healthcare is not a thing here. Not sort of like run yourself into the ground and then we will hopefully be able to fix you with lots of medication. And Our subject today is someone who runs herself into the ground regularly. And our subject today has endured inconceivable trauma. Oh my God. And yet just carries on. All in the public eye and is like known as someone who is just constantly working. But before we get into all that, I know. Let me ask you, what's been inspiring you this week? Okay, so this is the opposite of working, which is that unemployment, an unemployment, but specifically the the benefit of it being that today at ten a.m. I got a massage, and I I am officially recommending a start of the day massage to open the day that way, to so just get up, have a little breakfast, and then go out the door as if I'm going to an office, but it is instead to a massage parlor on Larchmont. It's so Tom Brady of you. It's It was very like, my body's a temple. And it was treated as a temple by this man who massaged me. His name was Moon. And he massaged every inch of my body, including my stomach. He was like, do you need help with your digestion? And I was like, what? And then before I could say anything, he was like pushing down That's my, what all the models do. You I know that. Lymphatic drainage. Yeah, lymphatic drainage before red carpet events. I know. So I think that I'm going to look... I mean, absolutely amazing very soon. You already do. I can already see it working. Thank you. Snatch. Yeah. (laughs) So Moon really done me right. And I just like, I can't recommend it enough to start your day with the thing that usually you leave as a treat at the end of like, oh, if I get everything done, then maybe I'll book myself a massage tonight or nails or I'll get a facial facial. Like I'll get a meal. No, no, no. Start the day with it. Oh, open on the treat and then the rest of your your day is just completely impacted by it 
It's like you've already met your needs. What does Steven think about this when he's going to his nine to five? I mean, it's hard. It's hard on him. It's hard on him. But he is a man who knows the value of a massage. He loves a massage. That's like a get a common gift. And this one I only booked because I had class pass points that had to be used today or they would expire. So it was both convenience and necessity that led me to this massage parlor at 10 a.m. I'm so proud of you taking care of yourself. That's the most important thing. Thank you. Especially during this period of unemployment. I know. know. For both of us. I know. Um, Okay, what's inspiring you? Something similar, I guess, massaging my mind. Oh. I'm stretching it to new limits that I didn't think was possible. I have for too long, and I think I've said this before on the pod, lived in a state of perpetual cringe. I overthink. I judge myself. I think... Who is this talentless shrew trying to, <laughs> attempting to do pretty much anything really. And yeah, now I'm, I'm really leaning in. I'm deciding to re-pick up the guitar. Oh my God. Which is being, I think, off my radar now for 10 years because I've had acrylic nails for that entire time. And right. I finally declawed myself. I have these like stubby little hands. So weird to me still to this day. I'm turning over a new leaf. It's a new era. I'm experimenting, new types of writing. I'm learning. No, there's nothing like learning. Love to learn. Oh my God, the guitar. We've talked about forming a band. I hate to turn another hobby into a business, but my God. I know, but that would just be for us. We could just rehearse. There are some amazing rehearsal spaces all over LA that are honestly, some of them are like clubs. They have lighting that you can adjust, all the colors. We would go to them late at night. It was very chic and fun. This is a city made for musicians. Exactly. They are literally carved into the, what do we call it? Sidewalk. The sidewalk. On Hollywood Boulevard and everywhere else. Yeah, you're right. Stars up and down. So. Oh my God. What songs are you learning? Can I ask? No, I haven't got my guitar yet. Oh. I must buy. Now I must buy. Oh, okay. Okay. Of course. But it's going to be a birthday present from my parents, which is such an eight-year-old birthday present. I think I received my first guitar at like eight years old. That's totally fine. So it's really like full circle at 29 now getting a new guitar. But last year, Stephen bought me a bass for my birthday. That's such a good birthday present. It was was like spectacular. It was waiting in the living room when I woke up. Huge. I was like, oh. Oh my God. And it's white. It's so cute. Did you choose it? Did you know it was coming? I have played bass for a number of years and there was one that I saw at like a guitar shop that is a Mustang bass. They're like slightly shorter and easier to like finesse. And so I had mentioned to him like, oh my God, if I were to get a bass, I would love like this kind. And then he ran with it and got one. I feel like my next step after this is a bicycle. I think I will receive a bicycle next and then a puppy. We're back. We are healing. (laughs) We have totally regressed. Early life. We talk about it. Uh, But here's another woman. This is a trans issue. You ready? Yeah. This woman rarely wears acrylics and is famous for it. That is who we're discussing today. A tiny hand woman without acrylics. Yeah. Did that hit? Did that really do it for you? I think so. And I've seen her pop off her little like press-ons because she's like, sorry, I have. She's like, sorry, I cannot possibly commit. Totally. Of this. She needs her little short nails. Yeah. Kim Kardashian, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this profile has been on our radar for so long. Oh my God. Early favorite. Top, 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 top of the pile. Probably top five yeah. of my life. Yeah. The way the reason we held off for so long was because we were hoping to get Katie Weaver on. You know her, you love her. She wrote the Justin Bieber profile for GQ. And 
she's held out on us, but we have been in communication and my fingers are crossed and I'm praying that one day oh, yeah. she will emerge from the ashes. I mean, she's one of our favorite journalists around town. She's incredible. Like we've said it before, we'll say it again. She's like one of the best voiciest profilers on the planet. During her tenure at GQ, which was when this profile was published, she was like the go-to gal. Her credits include like Cardi B and Gal Gadot, but we covered her profile of Justin Bieber, which was so good she was on both coasts with him in LA and New York and it was kind of like the first article that I remember anyway I could totally be misquoting that referenced Hailey Bieber and in fact like Hailey Bieber then Baldwin like appeared and she was there sitting do you remember yes in the hotel room doing nothing I know when Katie and Justin walked into the room what an what an entrance to society (laughs) a debutante Katie literally wrote like we walked into the room, me and Justin, after being out for like a good couple of hours and she's sitting there, no book, no music, no TV. No phone. No phone. Just waiting. That's a that's a loyal wife if yeah. you've ever seen one. Oh my God. <laughs> but now she kind of balances these more investigative pieces with real like Gonzo-esque journalism, which if you don't know what that is, is like when you live the story, a la Hunter S. Thompson. And more recently, she did an incredible Gonzo-y right around piece of, of Tom Cruise, which oh, we need yes. to read. Oh, my God. Yes. It's my impossible mission to find Tom Cruise. Yeah. I haven't read it yet, but I I cannot wait. Katie, if you're listening, we'll, we'll literally walk across broken glass oh, yeah. to get you on. Absolutely. We're just going to keep making these public, yeah. please. <laughs> But it's GQ, June 2016. The headline reads, Kim Kardashian West on Kanye, Taylor Swift, what's in OJ's bag and understanding Caitlyn. The deck goes, Kim Kardashian West has had the same job for a decade now, being Kim Kardashian, being a bombshell muse for mega athletes and mad geniuses, being a goddamn physical marvel with curves dreamed up by God on a drunken bender. And she has never been better at it. GQ's Katie Weaver parachutes into the Kimye manse in Bel Air to find out how she keeps it up. Incredible. God, it's good, isn't it? It just starts so strong. But I mean, 2016, I've now worked out in researching this, is our most revisited year on the podcast (gasps) with a total of three profiles that we've covered from this year. It was an electric year. So much was happening. So much was happening. There were the breakups. So Brad and Angelina broke up. Mm. Uh, Amber Heard accused Johnny Depp of domestic wow. violence yeah uh donald trump was elected yeah 45th president of the united states prince and david bowie died mm. very intense year something had to be in the stars yeah the hashtag and i've said this before but oscar's so white went viral because for the second year in a row all 20 oscar nominees in every acting category was white <laughs> embarrassing for all involved. and then the pendulum really swung the other way because moonlight won over la la land in 2017 oh yeah which oh, yeah. felt like i mean moonlight is an incredible movie absolutely deserved to be best picture but it was so obvious in the sense of like we are trying. so we're trying so hard and i think this kind of birthed a lot of tokenism in hollywood where they just started inserting minority characters with no real backstory but this is all to say that Leo DiCaprio finally won an Oscar in 2016. Oh, yeah. A big year for our girl, Beyonce, who gave like the most politically charged performance the Super Bowl had probably ever seen. Oh, my God. Yes, of course. And then released Lemonade like a month later, which directly addressed Jay-Z's infidelity. Wow. What a year, There was dude. something in the stars, for sure. Something, I, if some we sort had, of shift. Yeah. 
we're getting Kristen on. Speaking of the woman who gave you this wedding advice, she's an astrologist. No. Yes. A pop mm. culture astrologist, no less. <gasps> she's told me the shift. She's told me the shift. Tell me now. Oh my God, I'm going to misquote her. It was, uh, oh. <laughs> it, it is about the obsession with aesthetics that kicked in around 2013, she told me, which mm-hmm. is actually when Instagram rose, 2012, 2013. So she's like, we entered a decade of aesthetics. Whoa. I'm again, misquoting her paraphrasing, but this was the, the essence of what she told me. And then she said something like, 2024 i guess or maybe a little bit later we're gonna see another like we the pendulum swinging we're gonna see it go the back the other way mm-hmm. and it's gonna be really substance over style wow we're gonna get her on so i can break this down right now we're in the same period we were when the enlightenment happened major like societal changes that happened the last time i want to say pluto something <laughs> something 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 but One we're we're guys. in a very intense period as you can honestly glean by looking outside for more than three seconds totally what a shift in vibe from last week's episode where we were like everything's amazing and it's gonna work out (laughs) i'm so sick of these people complaining all the time (laughs) anyway kristen will clear this up okay thank god for that (laughs) let's get into a little bit of kim rehashing this was frankly overwhelming for me i i was very stressed there is so much to know about Kim and she has had such a long career obviously now she's in her 40s but she's lived so many different lives within Mm -hmm. her trajectory as a famous person and also prior to being famous so born October 21 1980 Kimberly Noel Kardashian is one of the most famous and libriest Libras of all time. Oh, yeah. She attended like a Roman Catholic girls' school in LA. And in 1994, the year of my birth, Mm. (laughs) uh, when she was 14, her father represented famously football player OJ Simpson during his murder trial. And basically when he was found not guilty by the jury, his legal reps were nicknamed the Dream Team. It's a little bit bleak. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, uh, OJ was her godfather and I guess must be still is. And Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton were among her closest friends. Less than a decade later, her father would die of cancer. And she had become around the same time a stylist for Ray J and Brandy. This I didn't know. That professional relationship ended when Ray J and Brandy's mom basically alleged that Kim, Chloe, and Courtney spent $120,000 on her Amex after she authorized them to make one purchase. <gasps> this went on for years, and then it was eventually settled out of court in 2008. So I have no idea what happened. Oh, Kim denies it to this I day. I hope they spent it all. Yeah, I'd never heard that before. It's no. so interesting. They really kept that quiet. By 2006, she was working with and really close friends with Paris Hilton, and it was Paris who connected Kim with her publicist. And this guy said, basically, Kim was ready to do whatever it takes for fame, which really got his wheel spinning. And they conceived kind of all of her biggest publicity stunts, her paparazzi shots in her little apartment. In 2007, her sex tape was leaked. She gave permission to Vivid Entertainment for its distribution in exchange for $5 million. Then Keeping Up with the Kardashians premiered the exact same year. So 2007 was a really crazy wow. year for her, publicity-wise. She also went on Dancing with the Stars a year later and actually was partnered with a guy, Mark Ballas, who won last year with Charlie D'Amelio. 
Doesn't that feel crazy? Oh my God. Helping generations of reality stars learn how to dance. You learn how to dance. I thought that was crazy. I was going to list all her businesses and then it just actually felt like too we much. Ha- we don't have the time. We just frankly don't have the time. But here are the main ones. Kim Kardashian, Hollywood, her famous little mobile video game. Uh, the Kim Kardashian West app, which used to be her channel for exclusive content for her fans. KKW Beauty, obviously a big one. Skin by Kim. Mm-hmm. Don't know how that one's doing. Haven't I don't heard. Know. Yeah, haven't, haven't heard. heard. Much. I know. Skims, the of big course. one. And then more recently, the private equity firm Sky Partners, double K, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Kim is soon to star in the 12th season of American Horror Story. I know. How do you think she'll do? She's tra- She's just good at everything at this point. There's nothing she can't do entertainment-wise, I feel like. Do you think it's the confident of at this point knowing, like, whatever may come, I will be able to pick it up, whether it's law or... Well, that's what I found so interesting, is when they address that directly on the Kardashians, the Hulu spinoff of Keeping Up, and Kim full-out admitted, like, no, what drives me is proving people wrong. That is what keeps me going. And that is so interesting. I think that's truly her... North Star guiding light for any project she takes on. She's like, where will people least expect to see me? And that's what she pursues. I think proven by her SNL starring, like no one thinks of her as funny. No. She killed it. She killed it. Better than like seasoned actors. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I know. She's also estimated to be worth almost 2 billion, 1.7. Wow. I don't know how accurate that figure is, but that is insane. Yeah. It's well over 1 billion. I mean, that's more than Rihanna at this point, I feel like. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, is it more than Kylie is the real question should we check yeah okay let's see I feel like it has to be she just frankly does more than Kylie I just think that maybe Kylie's businesses are valued higher but I don't know at this point 700 million (gasps) she's dropped she's dropped Mm -hmm. she's done there you go she surpassed Kylie yeah no surprise there really I mean it's Kim it's all it's all about Kim well the work ethic are you inspired by it It's not a way that I want to live my life, but I'm also so impressed. Mm -hmm. She just never tires. Yeah. She's like, it's like, have you heard that comedian be like, have you ever seen a gay man yawn? (laughs) And it's like, no, you haven't because they're just so full of life and energy. She is that. Wow. A gay man set loose in New York City at like 22 years old. That is Kim, but forever. I really don't understand how she keeps going. That's really it with four kids no less it's I, crazy because it's also like when do you get to a point and courtney like really validly brings this up of like i can sit back and enjoy the fruits of my labor i can really sit in my success for a minute mm-hmm. i've got a lot of money i'm safe i'm relevant can i just chill and i just don't think that's possible i think the mission to maintain that relevance is just always going to be what drives her yeah and when that's your motivating factor Rest doesn't make any sense, really. No. It doesn't. Like, it's not a part of the business plan. But it also feels vaguely emotionally fraught. Like, if she stops, she has to sit in whatever she's going through. Yeah. Which, I mean, I understand. It's a coping mechanism you and I have both used of to over busy ourselves. Yeah, busy work. Yeah. We call it busy work. Yeah. Production equals morale. Mm-hmm. And that is an Air Force saying. Is it? Yeah, my dad always used to say it to me. Oh, my God. He was like, why do you feel so much better when you've cleaned your room? Because production equals morale. <gasps> it could be Scientology. I actually don't know. I think it was Air Force. It was like yeah. a military thing. 
He's it lived. He's sense. one who's lived many lives. Yeah. Poof. But what a year for Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> what a year for Kimberly was 2016. Again, I didn't put two and two together with this. She was robbed this year. <gasps> Paris Fashion Week, October 3rd, robbed at gunpoint. Was it after this profile? After this profile. Oh. Four months later. Yeah. Uh, Kanye was also diagnosed bipolar this year. And Kim Wood in this profile ignite one of the biggest celebrity scandals we've had this century i want to say and sent a superstar into hiding for over a year Mm. and i think that's why this feels so special on top of everything else i mean katie's writing is immaculate as per usual but this profile was explosive on so many different levels oh i can't wait i can't wait so the intro which i referenced before in the justin bieber episode as being one of the best I've ever fucking read and still sends shivers down my spine to this day, reads, Kim Kardashian's boob is so soft, it makes velvet feel like splinters. It makes the fur on a baby bunny's tummy feel like a plastic bag of syringes. It is so soft that touching it is like scooping up the delicate pink dawn sky with your fingers. It is softer than the thick, warm, all-enveloping smoothness that caresses a globule of wax as it travels up a lava lamp. I know this because Kim Kardashian West has put down her passion fruit iced tea and peeled back her sleeveless Adidas ex Kanye West bodysuit so that I could place my hand on it, the boob, while we eat dinner under the furious early stars at the Beverly Hills Hotel. I mean then this quote even though I'm an ass girl Kanye always says my boobs don't get as much credit as they deserve Kim explain that's her that's her first quote it's amazing it's amazing it's so visceral yeah you're there you're transported do you have any thoughts on her or any kind of prevailing overarch I mean everyone has thoughts on her she is the most famous person on the planet is there anything that springs to mind or have you has your opinion of her evolved in recent years Well, I grew up with her. I've watched Keeping Up since the very beginning. I remember sitting and watching it on a little purple TV in my room. And I was completely moved. I've liked her more and more as the years have gone on. For example, like I really enjoyed Chloe. Me and the American public or possibly the population of the world agree on this. But Chloe was so funny. She was the lifeblood of the show. Her interactions with Scott and Courtney really carried it on their backs like keeping up used to be so funny watching old seasons it's fucking hilarious yeah and kim always felt very pretty very libra wanting to always be perceived as beautiful and perfect never put a toe out of line and that didn't gel with me it's only recently when she started to kind of drop that facade that i've really really engaged with her on a different level no i agree i think i had that same i mean chris for me has always been the star that woman to me is a picture of strength mm-hmm. <laughs> and that a part of strength is crying like every day about things that move you. You love a matriarch too. I love a matriarch and I love one that's always weeping about how much they love their family. <laughs> I think that it is so powerful that we have her in the world and she exists in our orbit. But I agree with you. I think Chloe was really electric on keeping up especially in the early years and kim was sort of too much of a like princess princess and she was admittedly so i think her myspace name was princess kim oh yeah (laughs) it makes sense (laughs) no it all it all tracks no i i was curious 
to, as to your like parasocial relationship with them. Like the one thing I really did want to ask you is who you follow out of the five sisters. I think I follow all of them. No, do you? I think so. I think I must. Maybe not Courtney. Yeah, I think I only follow Kim and Kendall now. Wow. I unfollowed Kylie. Why? Which is crazy. I think I might go back. I was sick of her. I never Pandemic-y. unfollow anyone. I've never done it. I just was like, I have the power to do this. Yeah. And I, and I think the thing was, I couldn't remember ever following her. And that really triggered me. Think mm. about it. When did you follow these people? No Like idea. when you got the app? No, we don't have a choice whether no. the Kardashians are relevant to us. Or like they were not. installed they when, yeah. we, when we signed up for Instagram. It was yeah. like, and you followed these five girls. <laughs> and their sisters. Yeah. And they fight, but they always make up. <laughs> do you follow like, who do you follow? Do you follow like Taylor Swift? Do you follow Beyonce? Um, I follow Beyonce. Um, do you follow Britney Spears? Yes, I follow <gasps> Britney Spears. Still? Yeah, oh, it's hard. Watch. Maybe Maybe I will unfollow wow you really don't unfollow anyone i don't i don't think i really ever have like i think i went through like maybe three years ago and i just like unfollowed random accounts who i didn't like understand the names anymore but outside of that i just if i followed you once i follow you forever wow yeah friends as well that's good people i met once at a party i met once it's like you have me for life now yeah and i also don't check if people follow me or unfollow me like i've never looked oh i think i've definitely looked when i want to unfollow someone i look and then i feel too guilty to have if they still follow me i feel terrible yeah i'm like i've i met you once and i do not align with your content in any which way like i I do not know who these people are i do not know which sandy june you're on Mm -mm. who like who are you i think i said that to you the other day yeah you did i said you were girl i follow her too who is i don't know who that is i don't know who that is i was like i've never seen her in my life no no and she's been posting erratically recently and i'm like who are you genevieve yeah (laughs) i don't know (laughs) just tell us who you are i've never met a genevieve in my life i I cannot speak to a genevieve i know no and And a lineup and i could not tell me i know her and there was one Genevieve that I did know that I thought it was her. And then I was like, no, this is a second Genevieve. I know you noticeably didn't reply to that. Well, you couldn't answer it. I no, I couldn't answer. I had no answer for you. <laughs> I had nothing this? to clarify. Anyway, I still follow her because she still follows me. And I frankly feel too guilty. I'm just too nervous. Yeah, of course. Of course. But it's it's Kim Kardashian's full time job to make you feel privy to her secrets. Katie writes, you are getting to see or gently squeeze a very special part of her enchanted world. She's the progenitor of a new kind of fame. While a celebrity, Kim doesn't have, a luck, doesn't have the luxury of an actor to request that her personal life remain private because her personal life is what pays the bills. She deploys radical transparency about her life, not just because she wants to, but because she has to. The continued viability of the Kim Kardashian brand demands it. As a result, Kim is working wherever she is because being Kim is Kim's vocation and she's very professional. What have you heard about her in real life is the other question I want to ask you. I've seen her in real life at the Met Gala. Um, of she, course. She shimmied on past me, asked if she could get by um, because Madonna was about to perform and they're big Madonna fans. This was 2018? 2018, yeah, it must have been. That was the Versace year? She was in the gold dress? Yeah, gold dress. Wow. One, much shorter than you would ever expect. Everyone says that. They're so small, the Kardashian girls, except for Kendall. The other thing was, is that I've heard that she's a delight. Yeah. I've heard that she's so nice. Ubiquitously delightful. No one on the planet has a bad experience. How is that possible? It's crazy. I feel like it's like, were those people killed? The one like customer service employee that she yelled at. It's like a succession thing of like, 
just let them drown. <gasps> My mind didn't even go there. I just, I just take it verbatim when there's enough people saying. The no, same no. Thing. I think we should take it verbatim. I think this is this is a very dark theory, and I don't think we should go down this road. <laughs> yeah, I know. this is a rabbit hole that uh, suggests that not only is Chris a businesswoman, but an assassin. Like, <laughs> it is mafia esque. Yeah, yeah. And Chris is a mafioso at heart. You can tell oh my that God. red lipstick. Yeah. The, the black clothes. The severe haircut. Oh, it's giving Sopranos yeah. all the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> severe haircut. Yeah. Severe. I, I do wanted to grow it out a little bit. I think she looks so cute. I know. But I, I loved her with a little bob. I know. When she wore so like a little wig. Oh, yes. Uh, I know. Cutie. She's beautiful also. I know. And she always has been beautiful. Yeah. Like stop in your tracks beauty yeah the eyes it's all the eyes for them she dropped out of high school to live with like a tennis pro like an adult tennis pro who just saw her and plucked her out was like you need to be with me and not be in school and then she went to be a flight attendant she's so interesting speaking of beauties kim is obviously one Mm -hmm. and these images are so beautiful i think this was a really big moment for her so it follows the paper cover which was her very very famous break the internet cover as it's known which was her full like bare ass and obviously her ass had been such a focal point and talking point for the entire world for so long but she really has like let go now like this is fully tits out in this if you guys want to go we'll put in the show notes that we as we always do the profile link and you can look i mean it's 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 titties titties abundant it's nipples we're almost nude and obviously bare butt as well but my favorite part of it is that there are fashion credits obviously with every image no matter what she's wearing when she's naked they credit the sheets which i loved oh my god (laughs) they're like brooklyn in (laughs) (laughs) not sponsored not an ad (laughs) but the jewelry the ring they say is like the ring in parentheses throughout her own which is like the ring is her fucking engagement ring which is 50 million carats and like the most expensive like floating oval ring to ever exist yeah the most famous most famous and the truly the sparkle that lured in the thieves that's what they tried to take away get away with i think it's worth two million should i check that feels like way less than i would think i think like a measly ring on the street is worth two million I think it was worth like 200 million or something insane. 20 carat engagement ring worth a staggering 3 million. 3 million. Okay, yeah. I guess that's a lot. I guess 3 million is a lot. Katie says in recent years, she's got even better at being Kim and things really seem to take off for her around her third marriage. So she was married twice before, once to a music producer. She said she was on ecstasy. They got hitched in Vegas and then she claimed, I guess, emotional abuse for the reason for them breaking up then there was chris evans famously lasted 70 chris evans oh my god Fuck it out. Like, chris humphreys in 2011 that famously lasted 72 days but it's really her marriage to kanye that everything changed uh in 2014 so katie writes that her brand has always been like unapologetically sexy in the early keeping up with the kardashians she references her infamous sex tape and tells courtney I basically made it because I was horny and felt like it. Um, But Kanye's endorsement, Katie says, really altered the public perception of her. Her curves remained the same, but under Kanye's exuberant insistence, they transmuted from porny to arty. Her provocative selfies were no longer attention-seeking. Now they were body positive. Which, isn't that an astute observation? Yeah. It really rang so true to me. This is another element of Kim's new appeal, Katie says. Marriage and motherhood didn't diminish her eroticism, but combined, they made it more palatable. 
It's difficult to slut shame a 30 something mother of two when the man nuzzling into her neck is her husband. It was as if by fulfilling societal expectations of marriage and motherhood, Kim finally earned the right to take off all her clothes. Settling down allowed her to turn up. I read that line in the treadmill and I went, oh, oh, <laughs> oh my God, it's wow. good stuff. It is good stuff. It is. <laughs> I really looked up, looked around, surveyed the gym and went, is, is anyone, anyone else, else getting here? this? Is anyone <laughs> getting this? <laughs> but this is really fascinating because I remember J-Lo's memoir, which was like very sanitized, totally stage managed, like said nothing real. But she did admit that she used to get so much tabloid hate until she had children. Mm-hmm. And then it suddenly entirely switched. And isn't that like, oh my God, unless women are fulfilling like society's traditional expectations, like we're just never going to be happy. No, no. It's, I mean, the crone is a tale as old as time. It's like, why you, why are you single? Why are you doing this? Like you're trying to bewitch society. And then it's like, as soon as they're married and with kids, it's like, okay, you're okay. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. She's found someone to love you. And you had kids, which like, as you should. And if you don't have kids, it's like so sad. You didn't have kids. People have so much suspicion over a childless woman. It's like, you did this by choice. There's no way you could have done this by choice. Well, that's the famous thing I I hear so often is people who've recently got married the next thing. Actually, Abby, your friend said that at The Bachelorette. Sorry, our friend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At Your Bachelorette was like to me, no, as soon as you literally like like leave the altar people are like so when are the kids happening when you're having kids and it just is that social progression which has become so normal and we've become so like indentured to it like it's just so it's just like we cannot escape it and like our generation is trying in that women are having children later and later in life but even then it's like we're also getting married later in life and those two are so interlinked in our like Christian society Mm -hmm. of like you get married and then you have kids and that's, that's what you do. How are you feeling about that today? Oh my God. I mean, I have no idea. I have no idea either. No idea. Impossible. In the world that we're living in, it's like, it's unclear. I heard recently that every zillennial, whoever should be taken as if they were five years younger than they are boomers whoever gen x should look at the generations below them and take off five years and that's a more accurate portrayal of their stage of life of like where they're at exactly i'm 21 i can drink now you're 27 i'm 26 oh one more week yeah (laughs) you're really holding on i'm I'm already rounding up i'm already saying 29 oh my god but your birthday's not for two months i know i I just love to round up so then i'm prepared it doesn't hit me as hard Oh, like yeah. Like a slap in the face with a wet fish. No, I'm excited for 27. 26 is a weird in-between. Oh, it's 26 so is a terrible, like, yeah. sounds terrible as a year. But for sure, you are 21, 22 right yeah. now. So. How does that feel? Sit in that, that for great. a second. That feels great. <laughs> Love it. Gonna listen to some Taylor Swift. Hit yeah. the town. I take know. a few shots. Oh, my God. But I'm yeah. 22. It's, it's, it's so it's so normal. I think that 25-year-olds now that are living at home, I mean, dude. 10, 15 years ago, we would have looked at a 25-year-old living at home being like, oh my God, someone needs to get their life together. And now it's like, oh yeah, the 25-year-old living at home, they're saving money. It's impossible to afford a house any other way. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. It is so normal. Wow. But Katie then takes this opportunity to really dive into the marital relationship between Kim and Kanye. Obviously, they have North at this point. I think they may also have Saint. 
or he's on the way. Mm -hmm. But Katie asks, like, what bothers Kanye about Kim? And Kim, like, literally can't think of anything. Like, I could name five things on a dime. Kim is like, oh my God, I can't name a single thing. So she calls Kanye and Katie basically has to sit there throughout minutes of silence while they discuss, like, what possibly could bother Kanye about Kim. Finally, it's like two minutes of just her sitting there, just like looking around, like, fuck, is there going to be any resolution to this, <laughs> to this call? And they have a breakthrough. Kanye says that sometimes a designer will email Kim a sketch of an ensemble and Kanye will request to see it, but Kim will forget to forward the email sometimes. On occasion. On occasion. And in that moment, Kanye must ask again and again. And this drives him crazy. <laughs> So Katie's like, okay, the only thing that Kim does that drives Kanye crazy is something so over the top luxurious, yet oddly infinitesimal, that no one on the planet could possibly share this problem. And then she goes, well, what did you expect them to say? Like something normal? And it seems like they're so in love, like from Katie's like private viewing it's like they seem really in love in public and privately they actually seem more in love no and i've been watching uh the divorce documentary Mm -hmm. on hbo about the two which is incredibly balanced and they have a tabloid reporter who i guess used to be friends with kim has followed her journey for years and he says i've seen a lot of pr relationships come and go this was not one i believe that they were obsessed with each other so they talk about Kanye's recent tweet. This went very viral at the time. He basically claimed he was $50 million in debt and asked for a bailout. And this happened to coincide with Kim making the Forbes rich list. So Katie writes, this is so crazy that she has managed to spin the mundanity of being herself, being Kim Kardashian's, something billions of people do every day for free into a more lucrative business than being the most famous rapper in the world. The idea is so simple but impossible to execute for most. And TikTokers try all the time of like, I'm going to be famous now for being myself on TikTok. And many have been successful, but how lasting will those careers be? Are they still going to be here in 20 years? I don't know. But Kim is. Yeah. Kim Kim is going to outlive all of us. The test of time. And she will continue to, I think. And a big part of this is that I guess that the show itself is really... The nucleus. It's what everything else revolves around. It's the glue that keeps them together. But the offshoots have been so profitable that it's absolutely crazy and totally unexpected. So her app is like a big part of her business model right now, which is like kind of like if you can put Twitter and Instagram together, but behind a paywall. And then you've got Kim's app at this point in time. So they're releasing exclusive video content And this specific video that Katie has now gone with Kim to review, I guess she's just like following her to work, is Game of Fuck, Marry, Kill. And they're using combos of various celebrities. I also don't think that they would do this now. No. No, right? Seven years later, I do not think that they would play this game with famous people. No. Right? I think too risky. Too risky, too close to the sun. Yeah. They know these people on a personal level. Yeah, which proves to be the little issue here. Yeah. When they decide to fuck, marry, kill presidents, past (laughs) presidents. Do you want to read? Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush. Everyone write in what your answers would be. Would you want to play really quick? Those presidents. I mean, I guess fuck Bill Clinton, marry Obama, kill Bush. That's what uh, Malika says. 
yeah the famous bff to chloe kardashian for years and years yeah so she's like i'm marrying barack i'm fucking bill i'm killing george and then kim's just like but i love george <laughs> and everyone's like "Ooh," <laughs> and she's like wait can i say that i don't know if sh- i should edit that out and then someone in the room says like i think you should edit that out <laughs> and then kim's like oh yeah with kanye's history with george was there a tweet there were tweets no pre-dating twitter hurricane katrina kanye was on like a, a telecast trying to raise yeah. funds for disaster relief and he took that moment to say george bush doesn't care about black people oh right yeah really or- like cemented him as like an advocate yeah. whether or not he was one or he was just like a provocateur at that moment but basically kim's like oh yeah kanye's history with george i can't do that katie says a few days later the video goes live on kim's app with that line removed not approved Mm -hmm. So this is Kim's day is approving, approving, approving everything, approving outfits, approving changes to her game, updates, uh, things, information that's going on her app. That's her entire day Mm -hmm. is yes or no. They go home to her house and this is where Katie really gets into it. Specifically the transition of Caitlyn Jenner. When Kim was 21, she walked in on Bruce wearing women's clothes in the family garage she went over to Courtney's and Courtney was the only person that she told at the time. They both had no idea what it meant. And they went and just Googled. They Googled stories and found an Oprah episode of a girl who had gone through a transition. And that was that was it. That was the most they knew for a really long time. And so this is, I guess, uh, coming in the wake of their About Bruce special on uh, Keeping Up. And so they met with a counselor before that went live and that counselor taught them about like trans identity. Katie then breaks down how powerful the Kardashian machine is not only to make these women more famous, but to communicate some of the most like difficult, nuanced concepts of modern life to the American viewer. So she talks about the fact that like, Sure, 85% of the show is staged and it's them going through their days and there's this really manufactured drama. And then 15% is actually really unusual candor about marital cataclysms, transgender identity issues, substance abuse, the effects of crippling depression on oneself and the family. Katie's like, Keeping Up the Kardashians has done more to raise awareness of the Armenian genocide than Mad Men ever did. And Mad Men is an Emmy-winning drama no one is embarrassed to admit they watch. It's true. I've seen all those episodes. I know. What that family has gone through is literally a portrait of modern life. It is. It is. And everything with Rob, like we have seen it unfold. Lamar. I know. It's so sad. It's so tough. I mean, even Tristan's mother dying and leaving behind a disabled child. Like we hadn't seen uh, disability Mm -hmm. on the show until then. Like it's truly every facet of life. Mm -hmm. Obviously transgender issues. I know no one's really come out as gay yet, but still crossing our fingers for Kendall. But there's so much they've, they've lived through together and just like come out more powerful than ever. It's actually even the first few seasons are like tinged with grief grief over their father yeah he remains like a looming presence over the show and it really shows you what it looks like to grieve someone 10 years after they've passed 20 years 30 years like it's it is a picture of humanity in some way totally it's funny you should bring up the death of 
uh, Robert Kardashian Sr. Because I found a lot of parallels between that and what it did for Kim and what Gwyneth Paltrow's father's death when she was 27 did for her. And that she totally re-examined her life and Goop was a product of it. Now, obviously this, you know, hundreds of million dollar valued business. Kim also, I think, used the death of her father to reevaluate and figure out what she wants and what was going to make him proud at the end of the day and built this empire off the back of it. It was just interesting. I found the two women very similar in that sense, Mm -hmm. but this year is fucking crazy for them because they're also dealing with the pregnancy of black China Mm -hmm. who has recently announced that she is carrying Rob Kardashian's child the reason why this feels insane at this point is because Kylie has recently broken up with Tiger and Tiger and Black China share a son together. Mm-hmm. So it's vaguely ancestral in a way that is a little bit insane. I, it's like, are those half siblings? Yes, they're His... already half siblings. Yes. And then, oh my God, wait, I actually can't wrap my head around it. I don't know. Sound off in the comments if you can break that one down because I can't work it out. No. Basically, Kim has to come out and be like, we're all on board. Yeah. We love it. (laughs) We love, we love Black China. Katie says, whatever the family's prior feelings about the sudden engagement of its most reclusive member, the only Y chromosome in an avalanche of X's the only one capable of carrying on the family name, the message when we meet is clear. The family love China now. Kim says, we definitely see that my brother is happy and getting healthy and whatever gets him to that place where, you know, we're happy for him. China is a sweet girl. I think we all have so many things going on in our lives that we just want my brother to be happy. Has there been so many crazy things that happened? Yes. Is you Is the whole situation, you know, just... i think people want to feel like we're all beefing and have this crazy fight and we're really not i think the drama naturally follows us of course then black china would go on to sue the kardashians for millions and lose that lawsuit so it wasn't it didn't stay placid for long Mm -hmm. and then we kind of we get into it we get into kanye yeah this is it this is the moment yeah the the dramatic have you got your your pitchfork sharpest yeah (laughs) Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. All right. Katie asks Kim, how does it feel to hear your husband rap about having sex with other women? She goes, it doesn't bother me at all. With a laugh so winning, even the Russian judge would give it a 10 out of 10. (laughs) I'm usually sitting there in the studio when he's writing it. I'm not offended. I could care less. Katie says it's a rare brush off, but the message is clear. Kim didn't fly all the way to Italy to stand next to a wall of flowers inside a 16th century military fortification just to marry some guy from Chicago. She signed on to marry Kanye West, the volatile creative genius, a man famous for telling very vivid stories about his sex life in rhyme. And she did that on purpose, which brings us to the time he rapped about Taylor Swift. This felt like the biggest moment in pop culture when this happened. Mm-hmm. Imagine being responsible for this as a journalist. Like I actually just can't no. asking the question and, and it, getting the answer. And with such candidate, I can't imagine. And then it's like, you have to be really responsible in the way that you reveal it because these are some of the most powerful people on the planet. And oh, this would have been fact checked to the hill. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, there is here like a whole statement that Taylor's team was allowed to make. Yeah. They, they really, like, 
would have put Katie on the stand for this. Yeah. Okay. So before this, Taylor and Kanye were good. She presented him with an award at the MTV VMAs the summer before. And she actually referenced when he interrupted her at the VMAs and said, like, I'm going to let him finish. He's the best rapper of all time. He sent her in response a large cube of flowers. This was the the flower cubed era. Mm -hmm. And again, this is, of course, like years after he, like seven years, I think, after he interrupted her acceptance speech video of the year. Then in April 2016, he dropped Famous rapping. I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. I made that bitch famous. So Kanye issued a series of tweets in which he stated that he called Taylor. They had an hour long conversation about the line. She thought it was funny. She said, you know, I'm okay with it. And then they kind of came up with the lyric together. And then like a rep for for Taylor basically turned around and was like, he asked Taylor to release his single famous on her Twitter. She said, no, she said the song comes off as misogynistic And she was never made aware of the lyric, I made that bitch famous. So Katie's like, actually two truths could exist in this moment. Like she could have had a conversation and then not been told that there was going to be a lyric that's like, I made that bitch famous. But it seems like Taylor's reps kind of fucked her with this response because they made it sound like there was never a conversation had. And this is what Kim is here to basically disprove. So she says Taylor's emotional wound over this whole back and forth is nonsense she says actually it's a fucking lie and that's because there's video proof a videographer was actually filming their phone call why because kim's husband commissions videographers to film everything when he's recording an album and this is where it kind of gets sticky so kim said she totally approved that shaking her head in annoyance She totally knew that that was coming out. She wanted to all of a sudden act like she didn't. I swear my husband gets so much shit for things when he was really just doing proper protocol and even called to get it approved. What rapper would call a girl he was rapping about to get approval? Katie writes, let's stipulate here that Kim Kardashian West is not the kind of person who forgets the tape recorder light is blinking. And just because a rant is carefully chosen for its audience doesn't mean it isn't genuine. So Kim then insists, okay, Taylor totally gave the okay. Rick Rubin was there. So many respected people were there. I mean, he's called me a bitch in songs. I never think like twice about it. Like what a derogatory word. Like how (laughs) dare he? Not in a million years. I don't know why she just, you know, flipped all of a sudden. It's funny because on the call, Taylor said, when I get on the Grammy red carpet, all media are going to think that I'm so against this. And I'll just laugh and say the jokes on you guys. I was in on it the whole time. And, and Kim's like, and I'm like, wait, but in your Grammy speech, you completely dissed my husband and decided to play the victim again. So yeah, she basically Taylor had gone to the Grammys and addressed this directly and seen like being like, and to all the girls, when mm-hmm. men try and take credit for your success, just know that like you did it. You, like no one made you famous kind of like that. Like, yeah. It exactly. was a direct reference to the lyric. Totally. And I think as far as I can recall, that is her, that was her first like real response uh, to this whole thing going down. So Katie asks like how Taylor knew she was being recorded. And Kim is like, well, I think someone from team Kanye told team Taylor, but they sent an attorney's letter after saying, don't you dare do anything with that footage. And basically asked them to destroy it, 
when you shoot something, you don't stop every two seconds and be like, oh, wait, we're shooting this for my documentary. You just film everything and whatever makes the edit, then you see and then you send out the releases. It's like what we do for our show. She's uniquely positioned to, to, know, know, about all this. to know about this. I hear, I've heard since that you cannot film in the state of California without two consenting parties. Like you cannot record anything oh yeah no it's a two-party consent there are some one-party consent states and those are like the easiest yeah but i always before i start any interview i say is it okay if i record do you yeah of course we're oh two-party consent state no i don't know you're recording <laughs> i do it so subtly i'm like and the phone is flipped and you're on the record <laughs> no no yeah i don't know how he got around this maybe he recorded it in wyoming or something like that because otherwise yeah but in 2020, I want to say the entire footage uh, was posted, like all 25 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. And it did prove Taylor right in the sense of they called, they asked, they said, he's like, I want to say me and Taylor might still have sex. And Taylor's like, oh my God, I feel like that's even kind of flattering. Like, she's clearly awkward, but yeah. she's like, it's kind of flattering. And then he does not say, but I made that bitch famous. Like she is definitely not made aware of that. So... It blew up into a whole thing. And Kim basically accused Taylor in this moment of playing the victim. I think it came out later that she showed Katie the footage or no, she posted it to Snapchat. That's what she did after this profile was released. Mm -hmm. And that's how it became even more of a thing than it already was. And started a years long beef that birthed the album Reputation uh the snake reclamation after everyone flooded taylor's instagram with snake emojis oh yeah we did see that live the other day she had the snake she had the whole thing she did she did and like it i i i think that katie has done such a smart job here of being like there is a version where both of these are true and it's like the second line is really what got taylor and then but they thought they were getting permission and all parties were sort of briefed and I mean, I feel like Taylor has been accused more than once of playing like the white woman victim. Of yes. Like, <gasps> what? Completely. How could you? Yeah. The the clutching of the pearls that I think Taylor was famous for specifically during this era, if you will, mm-hmm. I, I think really fanned the flames. Yeah. It wouldn't have been this bad yeah. had it not been for that past trajectory. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you agree? Oh, yeah. I yeah. think so. I think so. So we kind of then move into we a complete switching of gears. We're we've arrived at OJ. Yeah, <laughs> just controversy after controversy after controversy, and she's willing, like she is on the record and just yeah. sounding off. So she really loved the People vs OJ Simpson, which had come out recently, and she says that David Schwimmer was like uncanny as Robert Kardashian Senior. Uh, but she did say in regards to her and her sisters that I think our ages were off and our looks were off, which bring it back to the most important thing. Of course. Accurate casting means everything. It, I mean, so much. Uh, she also says that the show did take some liberties. Like, for example, they said that OJ tried to kill himself in her bedroom when it was Chloe's bedroom. Which I found like a funny Chloe's distinction. Been so much. Oh my god, Chloe has just been set up for fucking I know failure at every turn. That girl needs a win. I know. When is it coming? Who can we set her up with? Yeah. <laughs> Who do we know? Who do we know? I feel like it has to be a normie that we can put in Chloe's orbit. I feel like she doesn't like normies. She. I know. She wants an athlete. I know. It's just like no, no. You know my famous saying: no athletes, no artists, no actors. The triple A. The triple A. 
just just avoid at all costs. I mean, <sighs> I know. I I do like. Okay, actually though, who would you pair her with from the celebrity universe? I'm so interested Ooh. in this. You <laughs> know, we love to do Ooh, it. We love to do it. <laughs> Who's like a sweetheart? Not someone older. Oh, I was gonna go older. That's you were gonna go older. Yeah, yeah. A sweetheart. I want her with a sweetheart. What about in in any like particular profession, like anything that springs to mind or just blank? Well, I'm thinking of an actor. So was I, because I wasn't thinking of a musician. No. Certainly not an athlete. It's like what, Charlie Puth? Like, (laughs) we're not trying to kill her. Like, (laughs) is there anyone that we've interviewed that we would set her up with? Hmm. God, I've met some, uh, the good ones I met, uh, of course, in relationships. Like mm-hmm. married now. Yeah. But it needs to be someone tall, obviously. Tall. It's, I mean, it's hard out there, I it's guess. It's so hard. I literally can't think of a soul. There was someone that was like in a DM or something or. Yeah. I thought she was like rumored to briefly be seeing an actor of some kind. But I could also be mixing this up with Kylie and Timothy Chalamet. Oh, my God. That's the crazy. Which like, is that ongoing? Exists. Yeah. Just recently confirmed by Dumois to be continuing. What? Quote, it has not cooled off. <laughs> I know. Stormy's step-papa teaching Stormy French. <laughs> no, it's like putting like a gorgeous woman with a child boy, a Victorian orphan. I've said it once, I'll say it again. I don't understand it. I just don't know what they're talking about, but I'd kill to get it. I mean, Bad, Bad Bunny and Kendall is the same. What are they talking about? Wait, can I please play the this audio? One? stop can the, i the mosquitoes will you let me of course okay. it's so sweet that okay. actually completely warmed my heart it's so cute for anyone who hasn't seen this and has wondered how do they communicate and does it feel incredibly odd that this native spanish speaker and kendall <laughs> as she's known online affectionately would be together we have audio yeah audio has leaked of what it looks like <laughs> of what it looks like okay listen to this <laughs> and i hope they're happy and i love them now (laughs) does he mean rabies when he's saying mosquitoes that's what he's referring to right no i think because she's like wants to touch a wild animal and then he's like mommy be careful yeah i think he's just talking about mosquitoes it seems like they're on a hike but why would there be mosquitoes on like the squirrel that she's i don't know (laughs) oh maybe fleas Oh, please. Oh. But I love just her. Like, she has quite a deep voice, as we've discussed. Yeah. Hot girls with deep voices. So it really does sound like, oh, what, the, the rabies? And yeah. he's like, no, the mosquitoes. <laughs> it's, just so, it's just like, it's incredible. I really want to be in a room with them. Me I would too. kill to be a mosquito on the wall of that relationship. To do like a one of those um, iconic, I mean, Kim and Kanye did one. The like couple cover stories. Oh, the Vogue. Yeah. Yeah. Kendall and Bad Bunny. Oh, I hope they do it. But also, I just feel like they've not been together long enough. It's like the the hope of that. Like by the time it would hit the stands, who knows where they'll be? I think you need to be like married. No, I remember we had that. We had those discussions at um, Paper so many times. We would sit around a boardroom and we really wanted to do Justin and Selena in 2018, and that was our pie in the sky dream. And it did seem reasonable. And basically they broke up too soon. Like that was what deterred it. Because that would have been an iconic cover. Can oh you imagine? Oh my God. If we had those photos. Oh, it would have been sexy as all hell. I can only imagine. 
that's such a devastation. What I know. Love lost. I was thinking about that today. I Googled just on a whim, Ben Affleck and Anna Damas. Just on a whim. Of course. I was feeling freaky. I was walking around outside and I thought, let me think about Ben Affleck and Anna Damas. And there were so many paparazzi photos of them, but they also took a stroll on the beach. Do you remember this? Yes. They took a stroll on the beach and he took film, like 35 millimeter photos of her in like portrait mode. And then she posted one on Instagram and then he commented on it. It was like, photo credit, please. And I was thinking about, for one, how crazy it would be to have that much online documentation of you and an ex-lover. Yeah. But for two, that was 2020. And now he is fully married to another woman within three years. Isn't that crazy? I don't know. That just got my head spinning. Right? They were such a beloved couple. I wonder what made it work for them. That's always, I love to, I love to know. Anna and Ben? Yeah. I think it was PR. Mostly. You think it was PR? Yeah. Or just a fling post movie because they were in a movie together. Yeah. They directed. I think it was that. I think it, it probably yeah. wasn't And a she's lot there. so beautiful. I mean. Oh, crazy. My God. Crazy beauty. Like yeah. one of the, one of the, the beauties about time. But yeah, no, three years. Like that's a psychedelic trip of a yeah. marriage. You are like, what? <laughs> yeah, totally whiplash. Uh, but we're getting to the crux of the profile and that is to say the ending. And it is really what makes Kim, Kim. And Katie poses the fact that she's the freaking American dream. Mm-hmm. Like we cannot deny it. And she also reinvented it. Fame found her a few years shy of 30, Katie writes, when she lived in a modest condo and her full-time job was helping to run a small clothing store with her sisters. Less than a decade later, she's one half of the most famous couples on earth, a glamorous poster child for a post-racial future, an ex-club kid who's made being a teetotaling homebody aspirational. If you bristle at the designation, remember, someone who lives the American dream is not, strictly speaking, an American hero. They're just someone who turned less into more, And who among us could have taken Kim's tools, murder, a sex tape, spray tanner, and an ass that simply refuses to quit and accomplish more? (laughs) Katie writes basically she's joking and she's leaving Kim and she was like, oh my God, I'm scared that like maybe my tape recorder wasn't on for the entirety of that. And then Kim whispered, if you didn't record it, don't worry. I remember everything. And Katie finishes, I believe her. Dude, I literally I have, have goosebumps. No, I do. I, my, I can show you my legs and I, I have believe goosebumps. You. I have them on my legs too. I have them on my <sighs> legs too. That is superb writing. That who, is superb. Who could have accomplished more? Show me them. <laughs> Not a man. I'll give you that much. No. <laughs> no. And this is the thing. This is the key. As we now I feel like transition to talking about her legacy, all the things that have happened since then. People have such issues when people talk about her like an American hero and it's or so, like a, a royal family is what people say a lot. Yeah. Like they are the American royals. Yeah. And I think that that's one doing too much. It's not applicable to what they did. It's not comparable. It's like you not, get, it's ab- apples and oranges. It is. In the and also we shouldn't pedestalize them and make them our political I don't know, spokespeople and the people that should be on the right side of history of everything. They're very, very, very rich people and very, very, very rich people will always make decisions to protect their wealth and, you know, 
it's like Kim hiring private firefighters when there were the wildfires happening. Yeah. It's like, yeah, she can and she should. And she's not going to solve the climate crisis for us. Or famously when Chris and Kylie went grocery shopping and were like so titillated by the experience. Yeah. Swiping their car. Where do I put the card? Yes, exactly. Yeah. They are out of touch with American life, but they really do have the American dream. And I think this is Katie's argument too. Is there anyone kind of more in touch with the trials and tribulations that could come with being American in the digital age? Like not really. I think there's an element here of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because while they're not political and they do have this enormous platform, when Kim does something like go to the White House to discuss prison reform, it's suddenly like, she educated enough to be in this position but if she uses her platform for nothing but like hot selfies then that's not enough and we're we're perpetually discontent regardless of course of course and we have been since the beginning m rudder is another good example of that i think yeah there's kind of no right that she can really do in in the eyes of many women i feel like i agree damned if she does damned if she doesn't yeah it's like she's trying to be smart an intellectual, a writer, and I don't like that. And, and share it, bikini selfies. Yeah, and I don't like that. Yeah. It's difficult for us to reconcile that the, the, the two sides of a woman can coexist publicly. And they often do. Yeah. We're multifaceted. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, no, for sure. I've seen a bikini photo of you. And yeah. I've seen it, and, and, it's, and you're a very smart woman. <laughs> I mean, look at that. <laughs> you're the perfect example. There it is. You can do it all. You can have it all. You can do it all. Yeah, and that's proof. If you just work hard, if you get your ass up and work. <laughs> yeah. We, have we talked about that? We, I don't online know if we have. before. I don't know. But how did you feel about that? I thought it was funny. It is the same thing of like, yeah, of course they're privileged. And they have been from the start. They're from L.A. They had a very famous lawyer as a father. And so people get so angry when they're like, no, like you, you can't tell me to work. Like I don't have the same 24 hours in a day as Beyonce does. And that is true. It is hilarious that they're telling us that if we just worked hard, we'd have what they have because they had a lot of legs up in the world. But also they do work very hard. And they also kind of came from nothing in the fame spectrum, right? They're not nepotism babies. They are really, they didn't come from this world. Like Katie makes a very valid point at some point in this profile that I definitely skipped over that There was a real time when Kim couldn't get designers to dress her. She was so firmly D-list. And like, unfortunately, it took a man to do it. But Kanye really elevated her to this upper echelon. She became arty, not porny. Like there's, there was a fire lit under her by this guy who had a lot of street and fashion credibility. And that really propelled her to this next level. But at the same time, it's like... Now she propels herself, though, because she does as he has is now no longer in the picture of her life. Oh, she's totally eclipsed him. Yeah. In every way. And I mean, his legacy is only getting more and more complicated because he came out as a huge Trump supporter and And anti-Semite. Yeah. And has, I mean, so, so many problematic tweets at this point that she's had to ignore or address or deal with privately at home with their kids. And while I think... It was such a big renaissance when they got together in her style and her evolution. Her renaissance continues without him and will continue, I think, no matter who she ends up with, which that's another one where I'm like, who will it be? I think we've got to give her credit for building something that is beyond what an influencer in the traditional sense 
could ever dream of. Yeah. Like look at how many girls are trying to recreate her steps now. And I think that what must be missing from most people who try to redo what she's done is the work ethic yes. and the insane discipline. Oh yeah. And that's another Gwyneth parallel. Mm-hmm. Gwyneth like could not fathom that people could not take care of their bodies with the meticulousness that she did. Like, what do you mean you can't just like have bone broth after fasting for six hours? Like that's crazy. And those two comments made by both Gwyneth and Kim work harder or, you know, treat your body better were so incendiary to so many people because they're just like, how fucking dare you tell me how to live when you're so perfect and you've had every resource at your disposal. But the reality is with or without those resources, these women are still coming out on top. And that is because they're probably fundamentally built different than 95% of us. And also they've believed those things from the beginning. Yes. They've not changed their approach it's just sometimes when we hear it out loud we get a little disgusted well we hate to be told what to do and we hate for anyone to be doing better than us like do you struggle not telling people what to do depends what it's about if i feel like i have authority on it if i feel like i've lived through some sort of hardship and educated myself and come out on the other side but at the same time i know like how much you have to figure that out on your own yeah so it really depends what do you, how do you feel i mean you're a great advice giver i i do struggle and i see more and more that you, that people don't want it people don't want to be told to work harder or like people <laughs> don't want to be told like and really anything not at all. yeah nothing and it's hard i try very hard not to be prescriptive in my advice and I've worked on that for years of like, I feel like when I do give advice, it's like usually only if it's been asked, of like, I don't know what to do or like, I'm struggling, like, how, how do I go about this? And then it's like, as soon as I hear the question, I'm like, okay, if I were you, this is how I would approach it. But outside of that, I do struggle. You also have endless patience in a way that I don't. Like, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's where we diverge because if someone calls me and asks me for advice, and then continues, but like, but then how, but how do I do it? I get very frustrated. I'm like, just do it. Just yeah. figure it out. Whereas I think you have a different approach and outlook where you're able to really like sit in the weeds and try and pull them out. Whereas I, I just truly don't have the patience or the tolerance. Like I'm just kind of like, why don't you just figure it out? But in the reality, it's like the Gwyneth and Kim stuff, not everyone can just figure it out like that. Like not everyone it can be no. put in a situation where it's really tough and claw their way out of it. No, I think it's a balance that we will have to just try and fail at for the rest of our lives. So it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a total duality. It's like women can't win. <laughs> no, even we have strong opinions about each other of like, I like this kind of intellectual woman. I don't like this kind of intellectual woman. And it's like, wouldn't, why not both? And it's, it just cannot be it's both. something that cannot have it all you're gonna do it all no gonna, yeah. not even kim that's something i've tried i've really had to sit with and take away is that you're not going to be likable to every like you it's just gonna it's totally impossible and i mean no one does that more i feel like than the entire kardashian <laughs> oh clan i i mean I how have they not been broken i don't know and i know they've mentioned it vaguely of with tristan and chloe Chloe was getting so much hate or does get so much hate for how her face changes. It's constant. 
Chloe in classic like cancer fashion is for sure the most affected. Yeah. And then I would say Kendall too. I think the cucumbers really got to Kendall. I know oh, the cucumbers. I know. What a moment. What a moment. That was the most painful to watch moment yeah. on. I tr- have you tried to do it like that? Yeah. Yeah. I, tried to do I it. did. I yeah. it's really sliced tough. my arm off. <laughs> I was so tough. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense to the body. Like what are you learning from Kim? I think I'm taking away that life has many seasons and we're catching her in this very interesting season where she's so in love and so married to Kanye and feeling very fearless calling out Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, she's really in a, in a fabulous moment here. She's coming into her power and she's in a very different season now, divorce coming into her power again in a different way. And I just think it's like a reminder that, They ebb and flow, the good and the bad. It's not all it's cracked up to be. She's talked now about the problems in her marriage that have been there since the beginning, but you'd never know it reading this profile. I think that's a really profound take. Yeah. What about you? What are you learning? The way she's so laissez-faire in this is really sticking with me. I love authenticity. I know. To touch a boob, to touch herself. To touch a boob. To just be so free. Like she's free. And like, and as I started my inspiration this week and feeling like a a sense of freedom and failure and like experimentation and letting go of expectations. I think that this really, this really speaks to that. And it's, it's weirdly full circle and very aligned in a way that I, I might not have expected going into it. But I've learned a lot from Kim over the years. I just wish, I do wish to this day that she would admit on some level that she's had work done. Yeah. I think that would be very powerful and important for the girls. But at the same time, we all know. So yeah. it's like, does it really matter at this point anymore? Yeah. I mean, I love her. I, I love so to too. consume everything around that that goddamn family. I know. The Kardashians. Yeah. And I'll never apologize for it. And I haven't since the beginning. People are like, that's what a guilty pleasure. I'm like, no, I, this is interesting. Guilt-free. Yeah. Documentary. Yep. <laughs> Just a documentary about a family's lives. <laughs> what are you watching, huh? Yeah, I watch a documentary a week. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, not, no, it really is. Yeah. Well, I've loved this, this journey too. with you. I mean, this is truly one of the most iconic profiles of all time. I feel privileged that you let me take this on. Oh, of course. Thank you so much. No, of course. Of course. It was a joy. It was so fun. Oh, I reveled in it like a pig in mud. Oh, Yeah. The words, when the words are so delicious, you just want to suckle at the teat, if you will. I know. I know. <laughs> suckle at the teat of that velvety breast. I know. Well, I feel like on that there's note. No other, there's no other way to go out, a frankly. bow tie. Then, oh, we need to, of course, plug the Patreon. Of course. We have such fun things coming up. We have a full dramatic reading of John Mayer's Q&A. Yep. We have another little bloggy blog from yours truly this time. I hope you enjoyed uh, Ivana's Ode to PSLs. It was just impeccable writing. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much more to come. So please subscribe. $5 a month. You get all of this. You get more chatting from us if once a week isn't enough. And yeah, we can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so fun. Love you guys. I love you. Bye. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.